Hi everyone, this is Holly Gilbert Stowell, your host of Security Management Highlights. Thanks for tuning in to this bonus episode and be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. Details surrounding the October 1st shooting in Las Vegas that left 58 people dead and hundreds injured are still unclear. Investigators continue to search for why Stephen Paddock opened fire on a country music concert. But one thing is certain. Security professionals are taking a hard look at their current policies and procedures in hopes of preventing a similar tragedy. I began my conversation with Chuck Berry, Vice President of Security and Surveillance at Tropicana Entertainment, by asking him just how gaming properties will approach safety and security differently in light of the tragedy. It's a new threat to the the security and the law enforcement world. This is the first and most tragic type of active shooting situation that we've had. You have a suspect that was basically firing into a crowd that was at an entertainment venue. The individual was inside a hospitality structure shooting outward toward the crowd. The investigation is not complete by the sheriff or the federal agencies involved. Now, having said that, I think those of us in in the corporate security arena that have responsibilities for numerous gaming and hotel properties, we're all reevaluating our policies and procedures to deal actually with this new threat because moving forward, it probably is going to involve some different procedures, some added procedures, as far as any of our properties that overlook entertainment venues, outside entertainment venues. Many of our properties have internal entertainment venues, such as nightclubs, theaters, things of that nature, arenas for entertainment. But we're all going to have to take a look at what do we currently do in these venues and how can we generally improve security to guard against the type of threat that we just experienced here. You know, right now, for example, I'm in the process of reviewing all of the policies and procedures for all of the properties that I'm responsible for within my corporation. And I'm doing so with the cooperation and information provided by the individual properties, security directors, surveillance directors, general managers, front office operations. It's definitely a team effort as far as each property goes at taking a look at evaluating our current policies and then possibly adding or modifying these existing policies or procedures in a, what I would term a common sense approach. Usually when we have a horrific incident like this or any other previous incident, such as the nightclub in Orlando or the San Bernardino situation, I think sometimes you can overreact to a situation, no matter how horrific. And I don't think we should be doing that. I I think we can design a program with a common sense approach, looking at the threat and then moving forward with what seems to make sense. We all have the experience to where you know we can design a property that will be a fortress against any and all threats imaginable. We're in the hospitality industry. Our industry is tourism, and all of our properties have multiple entrances and exits for our clients, our guests, and we want them comfortable when they come in. So some of the things we're looking at is putting in other measures of protection that may not be visible, outwardly visible to the public. We want them to be comfortable and feel safe when they come to our properties. Yes, and playing off that idea of hospitality and not wanting to make your property a fortress, it seems like a labor-intensive process to scan every single bag that's coming through the door at a hotel. What can hospitality properties do to be on the lookout for suspicious behavior? 
at least in my humble opinion, the emphasis has to be placed on all property employees being the eyes and the ears of the security department. Security cannot be everywhere looking at everything. It truly has to be a team effort. Each department needs to be educated to call security, you know, with any type of suspicious activities. For example, and, and we're looking at this in 2020 hindsight, but there are certain red flags of suspicious activities that have been put out by Department of Homeland Security as they pertain to, let's say, terrorist activities across the country. And if you look at the shooter in the Las Vegas tragedy, he really displayed a lot of the same red flags that you see in these warnings about terrorist activity. However, having said that, we need to keep in mind that this individual was a known person, a known player at the establishment. So maybe some of his activities were not considered suspicious by people that were familiar with him at the property. I don't know that to be a fact. The investigation is not complete, so I don't think it's fair to, to go out and try to second-guess anybody at this point in time. Many people now are starting to say, well, geez, how did, how did the shooter get all those weapons into the suite, you know, without raising some suspicion? Or what hasn't been brought up in the press but I have knowledge only because I live and work here and I'm in the industry. He checked into the hotel during a week that was leading up to one of Las Vegas's largest professional conventions. It's called G2E, Global Gaming Exposition. And vendors bring in all kinds of wares in suitcases and multiple suitcases and large bags because the hotels, or I would say the different vendors in the hospitality industry, the gaming industry, they use hotel suites they give parties, they give get-togethers for potential clients to show their wares. So for example, if you had, let's say, a security company, a security vendor, or someone that sells surveillance equipment, they're going to bring in multiple bags to set up their wares in the suite. And again, this is only my opinion, but you know, this activity by the shooter in carrying however he did it, obviously multiple suitcases, to his suite, I'm not sure that would register as unusual given the activity of that convention during the lead up to the tragedy. But again, that's just my humble opinion. It's not out there in the press. Nobody's addressed the issue that I'm aware of publicly. But that is just one thing to consider that isn't well known to the public. Right. And I think the extent to which we now know the gunman planned and so precisely laid out what he wanted to do, he could have picked up on that expo as an advantage to cover up his intentions. Not only that, what has been made public is the fact that he observed the times of shift changes of you know, different employees in the hotel. And he checked in, I believe, roughly five days prior to the incident. So if he knew the shift changes, let's say around the clock, because it wouldn't have been unusual for him to partake in gambling around the clock. If he observed security shift changes, valet shift changes, things of this nature, then if an individual were to take, let's say, a couple bags up per shift and the same person didn't see it, that probably wouldn't register as being suspicious. So do you see the hotel industry starting to check luggage, or is that just too burdensome of a process in the end? It's not practical. For example, if I see an elderly couple coming into the hotel, they're registered guests, they're going toward the elevators, and let's say at this particular hotel, maybe you have security officers posted at the elevators, and the couple is bringing in two bags of clothing they just bought at Nordstrom's. Do you really want to search those bags? Do they really pose some suspicious activity? Probably not. You need to establish circumstances and or behavior that are considered suspicious. And if you have an individual 
who is on your property and let's say you've got a checklist of what you believe suspicious activity is and you have an individual who raises some red flags on a number of those activities, then it makes sense to take some kind of action, whether it be to check a bag, take a look at the individual's room, let's say a wellness check while the person is is staying there. You have to have some kind of standard and some kind of parameters against which you consider what is suspicious activity, and then take whatever your internal policy might be as far as actions, take those actions as it regards to the suspicious activity. I don't think it's practical to try to search each and individual customer at your property that may not be exhibiting any kind of activity that would be suspicious in nature to your security force or your other employees for that matter. And Chuck, how do you think live entertainment venues will approach security differently, if at all, in light of the events? I believe you're going to see increased security presence at the event if you have, let's say, a hotel. And in the case of the October 1st shooting here in Las Vegas, you obviously had floors of the hotel overlooking the outside venue. Given that situation and anything similar to it in our industry, I believe you're going to see an increased presence, both uniform and plain clothes, by the security department if they're responsible for that venue. You're also going to see, I think, increased law enforcement presence at those particular events, and you're probably going to see increased preventive-type communication between law enforcement and other first responders, such as your fire department, your emergency medical services, things of that nature. As far as a structure or a hotel that may be overlooking such a venue, I also think you're probably going to see an increased internal security profile with any hotel or structure that's overlooking the event. And again, I'll go back to the last question where it's probably going to involve the establishment of new procedures of what is suspicious activity. I'm sure that we are all going to be thinking out of the box as far as preventive measures go. In regards to many of our properties, the hotels, we have inside event centers, arenas, showrooms, nightclubs, and I think you're going to probably see increased screening of customers, the entry to these events. But again, I think it should be based on suspicious activity as far as packages or individuals go. So I guess the general comment would be that I think based on the new threat, you're going to have to see some kind of increased profile for live events, whether they're inside a property or outside a property. In a city like Las Vegas, how can average citizens abide by the See Something, Say Something campaign and point out suspicious behavior? Oftentimes people are visiting Las Vegas to relax and have a good time and escape the stress of everyday life. So how can we always be on the lookout for anything unusual? I'll address it in a couple different ways. And I would agree with you that the see something, say something is very, very important. I think that from a security point of view, it is something that we have to reinforce with all of our employees. Because as I said in the beginning, I think all employees inside of our resorts have to be the eyes and ears of the security function. I'll address, first of all, what I think is the the public setting. Really, really, very difficult. I mean, if if you look at this tragedy, it occurred here in my home city, my home state, and it is truly a tragedy. But if you look at the circumstances with a shooter 
for whatever reason. This could have happened in any other city where you have similar circumstances of a hotel overlooking an outside venue. Why and how he picked our particular city and that particular hotel, we have no idea at this point in time. So as far as public setting goes, for citizens, it's very difficult because they don't know what is normal for the environment in which they're coming to relax. It's very difficult because as a visitor, you don't know what's normal in the environment in which you're visiting. So I'll kind of branch off of that to two other points that I think apply to a what you would call a offshoot of a public setting, and that would be one, your neighborhoods, and two, your workplace. I think for neighbors, it is also difficult to understand what is normal and what is not normal with the neighbors in your neighborhood. Some neighborhoods are very close. You know everybody up and down the street. Some neighborhoods, not so much. You may not know the neighbors right next door to you. It depends on the demographics of where you live. You know, as far as looking at neighbors, as far as what might be unusual, and and I'm kind of thinking in the terms of the tragedy in San Bernardino, is do you see your neighbors changing their appearance, coloring their hair? Is there an unusual amount of vehicular traffic coming and going to the residents, you know, in the middle of the night, perhaps? Have the neighbors become more reclusive? Do they seem to be shying away from conversations with you and other neighbors? Or if they are in conversations, do they seem to be talking about anything that might be viewed as violent ideologies of any type, be they political, religious, or otherwise? These are things that neighbors might pick up on, but on on some of the things I mentioned, they could be indicative of narcotics trafficking also, as far as, you know, or other criminal nefarious activities as far as comings and goings from a property. Anything that neighbors see that they consider unusual, I think they're going to have to report it to authorities. Although in many of these cases we've seen where neighbors might have noticed something different about the suspects in these different shootings, they're afraid to say anything because they don't want to be politically incorrect or seen as being prejudicial or racist in nature. So people have a difficult decision to make there as far as what goes on in your neighborhoods. Moving to the workplace, I think it's perhaps a little easier because most companies have workplace violence programs. If you have employees that maybe seem to withdraw, they seem to be going into a depression, they have outbursts of anger, they have maybe severe mood swings, these are all things that should be reported to security. Anybody that exhibits some of the examples I gave, certainly intervention on the part of human resources may prevent a tragedy from occurring as far as an active shooter goes at in a particular workplace. So it's something that I think we can think about more than what goes on in the public, only because there is so much that is unknown for visitors that come to any city to relax in the venue and to have a good time. Well, Chuck, we really appreciate you stopping by to talk about these issues with us on the podcast, and we're all thinking of you guys in Las Vegas during this difficult time. I hope I could help in this discussion, and I'll just remind everybody, Vegas strong.